Winter is the time for comfort, for good food and warmth, for the touch of a friendly hand, and for a talk beside the fire. It is time for home. That quote comes from Edith Sitwell. I agree with her sentiment unconditionally. At the time I started working on this podcast, a severe storm was getting ready to hit the northeastern part of North America. I love a good storm myself. I'm a bit of a weather junkie, if I'm honest. I was discussing getting through rugged winter weather with my friend Emily, the one who created my logo. Emily lives in New Brunswick, which is a coastal province in Canada in a region called the Maritimes. Tempestuous weather is a fairly common thing in the area. In fact, so regular that they have a local custom in New Brunswick of something called storm chips. It's exactly what you think it is. You go out and you buy a bag or two of chips to get you through the storm. There is even a company called Covered Bridge that makes a line of storm chips. That really gave me a thrill. I have used a photo of this bag as an image for my episode. I can only say that I really think we need to adopt this custom in my region as well. I, I kind of feel a little jealous that we don't have such a cool ceremony here. Emily and I have a habit of sending each other voice messages. They're a bit like voice text message or a one-sided phone conversation. They have the benefit of hearing the other's voice and inflection, but the convenience of listening to them whenever we've got the time. Emily sent me a great message from our storm conversation. She was driving around doing last-minute errands before a big storm was about to drop a foot or more of snow on her. Because she's in her car, the audio is going to sound a little unusual. And you can even hear our safety gale putting on her turn signal at times as well. I think it kind of adds to the fun of the audio. Using her hands-free device, she told me about how I was wrong to assume that during the storm, she would have to be snuggled down at home that I just didn't understand her people. I'll let Emily tell you the rest of the story in her own words. Uh, so first you were talking about the weather up here and uh, and how we're going to be snowed in and, and all cozied up next to the fire and can't go out of the house. Like, girl, you underestimate the tenacity of Canadians, especially Atlantic Canadians. You grossly underestimate our tenacity (laughs) and I have a story to prove it of course of course I have a story who do you think I am so about five or six years ago uh, I was living with my sister in an apartment up by the university we were on the ground floor And it was winter, I don't know, December, January, like the deepest part of winter that we have here. And we got all this snow in the span of like two or three days. Like it was a really short period of time. And it was so high that when the plows had gone through the parking lot and cleared the spaces, the snow banks, like we couldn't see out the windows. Like it was insane. And Newfoundland was getting it too. Like it was all over the Maritimes. Newfoundland got like five feet of snow. Like that's not an exaggeration. 
Like, I experienced New Brunswick's version of it, and I can't even comprehend five feet of snow in two days. Like, where does it come from? Um, I don't, again, try not to exaggerate, but I feel like if I look back, I think we got between, like, three and three and a half feet of snow in that time. And it was, like, it was crazy. We had already gotten a lot of snow that year too like it wasn't just like the first snowfall this was like a huge dump after several smaller dumps (laughs) of snow (laughs) like it was wild and so you think that we're all snowed in we can't move and we're stuck and that was the case for some people yes was not the case for my sister because she was working at the hospital as she is now and there were nurses there that had been snowed in and stuck basically for like 16 hours like their 12-hour shift had ended and so they were going like over overtime kind of thing and um so Jillian was called in and she's like well you're insane like I'm not gonna be able to get there And they're like, well, do what you can. We really need the help. So do what you can. So no cabs are on the road. There's there's no taxi services. There's no public transpo. Our cars are completely blocked. Like, you can't drive. It's it's insanity to think that you're going to drive. So she scours Facebook and she finds this, like, guy who's running a personal service, like a taxi. Uh, so she finds this guy and she calls him and it's like nine at night. It's late. And she's getting called in for like this graveyard shift. And she's literally just being called in for relief of others, which makes sense. You know, they've been stuck there for ages. They want to try to go home or at least get some sleep at the hospital. So she was called in for relief. She calls the guy at nine and he's like, well, I've got a lot of other people waiting and with road conditions, I'm probably not going to get there till like 10, 1030. And she's like, fine, I'll deal with it. Um, she gets all suited up because I think he called her at one point and he was like, I can't make it up to the apartment, but I can make it to this gas station that's kind of right down the road. And in good road conditions, it would probably be like a one minute drive. Like it's close. It's very, very close. So he says, I'll meet you there. So she's got some walking to do. So she gets, she puts on her snowsuit, like no word of a lie. She puts on her snow pants, winter boots, winter jacket, scarf, hat, gloves, like everything, you name it. I think she also packed like a book bag because she really didn't know Like, it was still coming down. That's the other thing to remember. It was still coming down. She didn't know how long she was going to be stuck there. So she literally packed, like, overnight essentials as well as food in this giant lunch bag. And she heads out in snowshoes. Like, she went and met this guy at the gas station in snowshoes. And she was climbing over um, a snowbank that was, like... honestly six seven feet high and she gets to the top of it and she fell in she fell in like the it wasn't it let go and she just like dropped into this like huge heap of snow and she's stuck there with her book bag her lunch can 
her being this tiny little woman, like five foot nothing, she's a tiny, tiny person, and her snowshoes are stuck, like she can't, she can't get up and pull herself out, and she's like thrashing, and she's like, it kept on like making me go deeper, and I was like sinking into this like pit of snow, and she said she laid there for a minute, she's like, I'm gonna die. <laughs> like, this is how I die. <sighs> oh. So, and she made it. She made it. So, I tell you, you underestimate gravely our tenacity and, I don't know, stubbornness um, to a fault. <laughs> The fire is winter's fruit. This is an Arabian proverb that speaks with romance about combustion. I liked it a lot. And the flame is a key part to the Huga way of living, which is the main topic for today. Perhaps you've seen the word. It looks like hygi, but it's pronounced huga. It is a Danish word, and there's not exactly a direct translation into English. Often the word given is cozy, and and that's kind of correct, but it's more about comfort for the soul, being present in the senses, and feeling a mix of happiness and contentment all at the same time. I think it's brilliant for the Danes to come up with one word that means all that. Denmark is rated a country with some of the happiest people on earth. It is also a Scandinavian nation, which means it is a very northern country, so that there is a dark, cold winter every year. But that doesn't stop their good mood. They have developed the Huga way of life to not only combat a cold, dark winter's night, but thrive through it. I've become a fan of this, though I will admit there are aspects of their lifestyle that I'd been living for years before I even knew the word. I am such a devotee that I even made Huga as part of my novel. The character Ruth discovers the joy that it brings. Now, since it is the deep of winter here, I thought it would be the perfect time to talk about how to incorporate this way of living into your own life and share the joy with you. Let's start with lighting. If you have a fireplace, use it. Gathering around a cozy blaze is Huga 101. The sound of the wood crackling, the smell of the smoke wafting in the air, and the soft glow that it gives all start to put you in a relaxed and cozy state. Make sure to turn off your harsh overhead lights, folks. Huga is all about soft lights. Using lamps, fires, or candles. Oh, they use a lot of candles. For the most part, this does not include scented. Now, to be honest, I have a stash of scented candles that I use. I'm not afraid to use them. I enjoy them. But I also have a cupboard under my stairs that is full of my secret stash of 12-inch tapers that I burn. I don't always want a fire, and maybe you don't even have a fireplace, and that's okay. You don't have to be left out of Huga. Candles will do a great job of giving you that same auburn glow. 
I'm going to plug a company here because it's my favorite. There's no kickbacks, um, none of that sort of thing. In fact, anytime I use a brand name this episode, it's simply because I want to share something I've tried, enjoyed personally. Um, there's, there's no relationship. I use Northern Lights candles. Specifically, I love their 12-inch tapers. They are the best. And let me tell you, I've tried quite a few brands and they just do not drip that wax. They burn so clean. They are a little pricey. Um, so I tend to wait until I get their coupons or they're having sales. Um, I look around for those. And I couldn't believe it when I found out that my own grocery store chain of Myers they sell them in stock and the price actually isn't bad at all. And whenever I do find a deal, oh good, I buy in bulk. That there will be a huge package on my porch, I'll tell you that. I light candles at night pretty much all year, almost every night. Though I will say in the heat of summer, that, that gets even a bit much for me. But I am a huge candle user. Okay, so you're sitting around a fire or candles or if you're me, both. Now, are you alone or do you have company? Well, hookah can be enjoyed solo or with a small group. You can achieve hookah with a larger group, but it's kind of hard to have that cozy feel when you get to a group larger than six. Most people find the perfect size is somewhere between three and six people. I mean, it's supposed to be cozy. So now you've got your group gathered together. Most of us like to have some food and drink, and that's part of huga as well. Of course, you know, there's the comfort foods like soups and stews, and those are so on brand here. The food should warm the insides, fill you up, but fast food is not the huga way. And neither is fussing as a host for your friends. The most huga way to eat is for your company to come over and to make the food together, then eat it. The whole meal is an event. It's part of the process and experience. Having something that takes a while to cook while you sit around a fire and wait and talk and spend time together, ah, it's perfect. So while you're waiting, you might want to share a drink. There is Danish glog. I've seen it as variations of apple cider base or red wine or grape juice base. In any of these cases, you're going to mix spices and heat it up. A quick way to serve it that I've done myself is as follows. I, I like this recipe because it's friendly for all ages and for those who are drinking sober. You take a bottle of Welch's sparkling red grape juice and pour it into a pot on the stove. You set it to medium low heat. Then I take a box of Aspen Mulling Cider Spice. I use three tablespoons of spice to each bottle of juice that I use. So if I'm using two bottles, I use six tablespoons. You can add more depending on your personal taste. I just find that's the spice level that we like best. So that's what we use. I give it about 10, 15 minutes to warm and, and mix up and then boom, it's ready to serve. Now I like to serve it in something fancy, um, crystal or pretty wine glasses. Or maybe if you've got small cordial glasses and you just want to give people a taste to see if they like it and sample it. It's your first time trying it. I just, I have all these elegant glasses and, and here's a chance to use it. So I like to bust those babies out. 
Huga is also about the fabric choices around you. As you are gathered around the fire, there should be cozy blankets, stuff that feels good. Your fuzziest socks should be on your feet and warm, thick sweaters embracing your torso. Huga is tactile. Honestly, it's it's all about the senses. Touch, smell, taste, even sound. I've made for myself a Huga playlist. It's it's a hodgepodge mix of jazz, classical, folk. I've got some sea shanties on there. I've got traditional music from several countries in languages I don't even speak, but it doesn't matter. I don't have to, to know the word. It's about feeling. It's so much about feeling. One of the things I've realized that is most important about Huga that can be practiced all year long is about being present. This lifestyle is about being in the moment and making the most of it. It is dark and cold out there. Okay, you can't control that. But don't wish the winter away dreaming of the summer. Make your world a cozy haven that delights your senses. The more you are here in the now, the less the woes of the past and the fears of the future can bother you. Huga is all about mindfulness and taking control of your situation. When I figured out that was the root of what all this was about, I understood why Denmark is such a happy place to live. Isn't that how all of us want to live every day? If you want to know more about Huga, I can recommend a good book that I've bought and enjoyed. It's called The Little Book of Huga by, and I apologize for the pronunciation of this name, Meek Wicking, CEO of the Happiness Research Institute of Copenhagen. Only in Copenhagen would they have a Happiness Research Institute. Do you have any stories or examples of how you're already living Huga in your life? Maybe you've got a great winter recipe or just the best pair of fuzzy socks and you want to show those babies off. I would love to see or hear about any of these things on my Jackie Lentz author Facebook page. Link is included in the description of this episode. Thank you for joining me today. I wish you a warm and cozy winter. Winter.